0: GateWorld.net presents a special two-part interview with executive producer Robert C. Cooper. What is the future of SG-1 uh, past these two movies? How successful do they need to be for, for us to, to continue to get an ongoing franchise of stories?
1: Um. Well, I mean... I- I don't want to sound overconfident, but but the, there there's there's a there's a built-in success to these projects. I mean, they've they're being paid for based on the projection of sales that is probably going to be reasonably reliable. Mm-hmm. We know how how well the DVDs sell, and basically, if if these DVDs sell r- within reasonable you know, numbers mm. compared to what the box sets sell, then, mm. then it's going to make money. It's n- nice to MGM is not going to lose money on these things unless some mm. bizarre, you know, marketplace uh, situation it's unfolds. It's nice to have ratings and networks completely taken out of the equation. Well, yeah, and I mean, the fact is that there will be some sort of a, of a broadcast and, and mm. uh, potentially, you know, some involvement with... Uh, you know, broadband on some level. I mean but all that is is additional uh you know additional revenue. It's really it's really more about the overall um success and and value of the franchise and, and the health of the franchise. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 game, Stargate Worlds, uh uh the third series stargate atlantis if and we you know hope and believe that that the stargate franchise is you know going to continue to grow and get bigger and and be as strong as as you know even stronger than it's than it's been in the past and if that's the case then we believe there will be a continued demand for for sg one movies um obviously we're we're hopeful that people like these and that there's a positive response to them um, I think it's a I think it's a, it would be a very very tough uh, situation in which to fail we're We're not releasing the movies theatrically so it's not like we have to meet a certain you know box office mm-hmm. It's not like if these movies tank they're never going to be another one. It's going to be very hard for them to be perceived as tanking. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> What's the international availability going to be?
1: Oh, it, it, you know, uh, the, the plan is to release them um, uh, internationally, you know, at, at on DVD at uh, the same at the same time. Okay, I believe. Great, yeah, it's great. like distribution will occur through. Um, I believe it's Fox, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but but whoever else, I think MGM is will be. I don't think I think it's MGM releasing them worldwide, yeah. uh, internationally. I mean, yeah. Fox yeah. Fox is uh, domestic, yeah. but I w- you know, there's the truth of the matter is that's how they've been financed, but it hasn't a hundred percent been nailed down. That there's still there's still opportunities for other um, uh, other entities to get involved prior to that you know MGM has a business plan as far as how they've financed them and how they're planning to recoup those finances but if say sci-fi wanted to step in and say look we want to air this as a premiere prior to the DVD release then they just have to pay X dollars in order to make that you know fit into MGM's business plan similarly if you know, iTunes, for example, said, no, 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 we want to, we want to debut this on iTunes and have this be the world premiere, then they would have to step up with, with a certain amount of money in order to make that, Uh you know, financially viable.
0: Is there uh, any news on the third series yet? Have there been any developments? I know you guys are obviously busy doing other things.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, um, Brad and I have written, um, uh, have written up a, uh, a one-page, basically a one-page document that that outlines the concept and the, and and the characters for the series, and that's being um, that's being used as a as a sales document uh, to kind of put together the financing, and and uh, it it's uh, it is a definitely very very high on the agenda of of yeah. of. Things for MGM to to get going. I mean, they they really want us to uh, to be able to. Uh, I think th- they're asking us. They're you know basically MGM is saying to Brad and I, and I when when can you have it ready? When can you when can you physically actually mm-hmm. write the script and start production on something? These things take time. They're not they mm-hmm. don't just they, d- they aren't just born and, <laughs> and grow on their own. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And and we're kind of busy right now. I mean, yeah. that's really the big problem. Is that is that um, you know Brad and I are very much you know in the in the world of Arc of Truth and Continuum, and uh, our intention is when we're done that in in mid June to jump on on a script for for the pilot, um, the pilot of the third series, and then and and, and in 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 typical sort of Stargate world it's not really a pilot I mean it's a premiere we generally we generally sell and and proceed with a with a full season of of television that um, the real question is where is it going to how is it going to get to viewers Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) and uh, the answer to that is unclear at the moment that's a big question yeah I mean it's and it's not it's not a it's not so much a problem as it is uh, a choice for MGM at this point. Hmm. I mean, it's not like they're um, scrounging around to try and, try and desperately find s- <laughs> someone to take it. It's more what, what makes the most sense uh, going forward into the new age of content distribution, mm-hmm. shall we say. Yeah.
0: With the new series, um, content wise have anything to do with the events of unending uh no okay because a lot of fans are wondering hmm "Hmm, a space age stargate story perhaps after after all the the Asgard technology has basically been handed to us on a silver platter
1: um you know that may factor in in a in a small way but but one of the things that we um what i can tell you about the third stargate series conceptually as we've conceived it is that it is a completely separate third entity uh much more so than atlantis was atlantis was much more of a Spin-off series of SG One, uh-huh. um, and uh, and it, it sort of was born out of SG One. We we actually the idea for this, you know, this is going to sound like a broken record, but it it, it started as a, as a movie idea. When we originally, um, you know, we're sitting around talking about this, we were trying to come up with. Uh, ideas for a Stargate feature, and 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 not an SG one feature, or an Atlantis feature, but a mm. a feature that would fit into the Stargate franchise that we feel we've we've created, and mm. uh because uh, the studio, if they're going to spend you know whatever X millions of dollars on a movie, there there it needs to it needs to appeal to a broad audience, and and uh, and maybe even a bigger audience than than is, you know, loyal to the to the show. Although mathematically if everyone who wa- around the world watched the show went to the movie, it would be a tremendous success. Still, mm-hmm. you know, the studio in term is thinking bigger and I think we were thinking bigger too. We were thinking mm-hmm. how do we how do we create a third arm to the franchise that that is very connective and that fans will feel is is uh, born out of the material that has come before but at the same time is very much something that stands alone and um, uh, so when it, when it became clear that 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 very uh, when it became clear that that a, that a third series was a, a more realistic possibility at this point from the studio's standpoint um, we we kinda th- figured out how to tweak that idea and, and give it a little more legs than, than, uh, than it would have had as a one-off story. I mean, we, we always, in the back of our minds, even in coming up with that, that concept, uh, felt it could launch a third series. I mean, the idea was we do mm. this, this big movie and then, and then use that to launch the series. But, but now that, that story has become the core idea for, for the new show is it is it separated
0: from SG1 Atlantis to the degree yeah. where there might not be crossover as in it's it's
1: maybe even set in a different era? No, it's not in the same in a, to, to us the the um I'm not a big fan of prequels. Mm-hmm. I don't think that <laughs> really works and I don't understand people who do think that works. But um uh the um uh the thing that i one of the things that i we love about stargate is that it's is that it's us it's it's our military yeah. it's our scientists it's our people, and we're going out into the galaxy and the universe to discover all the wonders that are out there and and dealing with our own limitations versus mm-hmm. things that are f- far more advanced than us uh, that's that's identifiable. It's what we deal with every day. I mean, where we, you know, in in terms of medicine and science and, and, you know, astrophysics. I mean, we, we're, we're just babies and all that. And that's, that's what's, we we would, we would always want to maintain that in, in, in any, in anything that was uh, Stargate related. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, 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 you know, it's, it, it certainly plays into um mythology that's been that's been pre-established but it doesn't uh it doesn't directly relate to to anything that that uh has been in in either series uh SG1 or, or Atlantis
0: Does it have a working title at all that you can share?
1: Um I guess there's no harm in re- in talking about the working title. It is just a working title at the sure. it's Stargate Universe. Ah. <laughs> very big. Cool. <laughs> it just right. gets bigger and bigger. Mhm.
0: Uh talk to us uh real, b- real briefly about uh Doppelganger and your work on Atlantis this
1: year. Um yeah, do- <coughs> Doppelganger. Uh it's uh I- you know it's just a fun, it's a fun just a fun one-off. I mean it, it's a it's one of the uh old school Stargate you know we go to a planet we get into trouble we get out of it stories it it's uh you know when i write an when i write an episode and when i write an episode to direct it, they're two two different things yeah <laughs> directing is really hard the directing is not something that that you know you just you just you know you just do that you just go and direct something i mean it's a it's a uh it's not just a mental, but it's an incredibly physically demanding, mm. uh, energy-sapping thing, and and it's an ordeal. And and you know, I I look at guys like like you know Andy and uh, and uh, Martin and 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 Will, and I I don't know how they I don't know how they do it on a regular basis. I really don't. I mean, uh, I bow at their feet for the endurance that they have to, uh, you know. The the so when I when I think I'm gonna oh I'm gonna direct something, I w- A, want it to have some sort of something personal in it, something that I can really, you know, be passionate about. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise I won't I won't I won't make it. I won't get up every morning to do it. I mean, you're talking about getting up at five in the morning and, you know, working seventy five hour weeks and dealing with levels of frustration and stress that you don't wow. You don't experience when you're just a writer producer. I mean, producing—believe me—producing is a stressful thing. Sure. It's not brain surgery, but it's a stressful thing. But it's nothing compared to 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 directing and having the you know the weight of the world on your shoulders as far as making your day in a television world and mm-hmm. and uh, and and just just the volume of issues you have to have to handle in the incredibly dense and you know short period of time. So. So for me I, I you know I, I I wanted to if I was going to write something too direct I wanted it to be kind of interesting to me and and uh um I've always been uh fascinated by by nightmares and and, and dreams and so the, that's what this is about it's about mm-hmm. it's about a um uh, an alien entity uh, that that lives in uh, a crystal form and and I I've, I've kind of paid paid a little homage to, um, to uh, uh Cold, Lazarus. Cold Lazarus, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, right. and said, well, OK, it, there's a something w- we've established in the, in the Stargate universe that, that we've never really dealt with before. And that is, mm-hmm. uh, again, since, is, is, is life forms that can exist in that, f- in that state. Um, you know, Neil went out, touched a crystal, and all this stuff happened. I mean, w- we've never d- done that again. Mm. And and uh, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if uh, we found another crystalline life form like that? But but in that case, we were kind of lucky that it had reasonably good intentions. It was yeah, it was pretty it nice. It was guy. pretty benign. It, it's it, there was a sinister aspect to it that when we didn't know what was going on. But at the end of the day, it was kind of just curious. Um, but uh so I, I took the flip side of that and said what if it's a what if it's a psychopath you know what <laughs> if it's uh what if it's truly evil and um and uh and it it induces uh um some pretty freaky nightmares and and each of the nightmares has uh some uh, little touchstone to my own uh uh, uh you know tortured subconscious past <laughs> so so i i uh I had a lot of fun with that. And, you don't uh, strike me as a real tortured guy. Um, my dad, my dad took me to see a, a Jaws when I was seven Ooh. years old. Okay, I was seven. There's a line in the script. I actually McKay, one of McKay's. Uh, histories is that his dad read him Moby Dick when he was seven years old. and uh, The line is, uh, what was the man thinking? <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I actually talked about this one time in, in uh, I think it was in the DVD commentary. Yeah. No, no, it was in the behind-the-scenes thing that, that uh, Ivan did on Crusade. And, uh, I, you know, honestly, I don't think my dad knew... What it was. I, I, I mean, he. I don't think anybody knew what Jaws was when it first came out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they knew it was a scary movie about a about a shark and stuff. But I was a, a fairly imaginative kid. I was a, an impressionable kid. I got I got scared by stuff easily because I I, I kind of I was sensitive, you know, and and uh, uh, I I I think I probably didn't sleep for two years. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I I probably needed I probably needed therapy. I didn't. My parents were not. That was not a, this was not a sort of thing you did when you were back then. But but uh, I probably should have gotten some sort of counseling. But instead, <laughs> I I uh, you know I spent my nights thinking to myself, one day I shall control the power that has left me so terrified. <laughs> um, it 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 was amazing because I was just getting over it so i was about 9 or 10 and and my parents who are they're very intelligent people they're wonderful i love them don't let don't let this uh, mislead you into thinking they don't they don't know what they're doing as parents but but i guess for some strange reason they they thought that okay he, he seems to be starting to get over this thing his irrational fear of sharks attacking him on the land uh and uh <laughs> and uh they made me watch a. So they thought, well, maybe you should watch a documentary on on sharks, so that you get to know them a little better. You know, if you oh, if you get you to know your. Oh, I thought you Then
0: they took you to see Jaws, Jaws too. No,
1: no, no, God, no! That might have that might have solved it because you know that was so ridiculous that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would have felt silly. No, they made me watch a documentary, and I'm not kidding you. It was called Shark Terror Death. <laughs> And that sent me into about another year-long oh. remission. It, you know, it was like these giant close-ups of shark, you know, coming up and eating whole cows and stuff oh. like that. Um, oh, no. You know, I uh, other movies that did that to me were uh, um, Alien, and, uh, uh, you know, there was a scene that terrified me, and it was a crazy uh American Werewolf in London, I remember, mm-hmm. was was particularly uh, the spree- Transformation. well. No, it was actually the opening scene in the mist yeah, in the London that when that he first freaky. gets attacked. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, obviously these things had a tremendous impact. I mean, I think they're probably why I went into the business. It was the, the, these these movies affected me, and I and I saw the uh, what. You could do to people, I mean I, I mean not just scare them, but affect people through you know entertainment and and uh, so this this episode is is kind of my um, you know I guess maybe my uh, my own w- you know self therapy of working mm-hmm. out the uh, <laughs> the Spelling issues demons yeah, exactly no it's, you know what the truth of the matter is it's just fun. It was just yeah. fun to play with. And it's a bit of a, an old chestnut, I admit that. It's, you know, if, if who are what, are, what would our characters dream about? And, uh-huh. uh, yeah. and the fun part of, of the episode is that, is that because it's Shepard who initially engages and touches the, the crystal and, and thus unleashes the entity on, on everyone, uh, the physical form it takes in the nightmares is Shepard. And so everyone's having these these nightmares that are, are being pulled out of them by the en- entity, but Shepard is appearing in those dreams as the sort of negative inciting force and Ooh, so it's is well yeah I mean it, it, the joke is in this is in the movie you know is in the is in the show uh, uh sh- you know Shepard at one point when it's explained to him says so are we talking Freddy Krueger here and yeah. and and it's him I mean he also yeah. turns to to tail at one point and says did I have a goatee um, so <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a chance to kind of play stylistically as a director you know I think that that what I've tried to do in in my short uh, directing career is um, give myself opportunities to do really interesting and experimental things to play I mean uh, I think if you look at the four episodes I've done now in, you know doppelganger included there there are really interesting spectrum of styles and uh, I don't mean that I'm all over the place and I don't know what I'm doing I'm 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 trying to learn about mm-hmm. how to tell different kind of stories as a director, and I think, you know, Crusade and Satita were, you know, in two opposite ends of the spectrum, both yeah. storytelling-wise and, and direct directorially, and I think, um, you know, Unending was, a again, another a completely different uh, uh, visual and, and directorial uh, experiment, and, and, I, and I, I think uh, hopefully Doppelganger will be that as well and hopefully i can take uh... what i've learned there and and bring it to a a bigger canvas on the on the movies that's really what we're trying to do is to find a way to um... elevate the you know uh, the television world of stargate to a to a to a bigger canvas i mean we're we're very excited about a couple of of different things one no act breaks you know it's it's one long film it's from start to finish uh, no fading in and fading out yeah. um... sixteen by nine we're not protecting for television we're going to frame this as though it was a movie Great. um... I'm very happy to be able to uh, i don't think we've said this publicly yet we just decided on it yesterday um, uh, not that y- Anybody out there r- probably really cares about this, but me. But we're going to be shooting them in 35 millimeter film, which is, you know, I just can't even tell you how much of a difference that makes visually. Uh, HD is great, but it's not film. And and, uh, and you might watch it on your iPod, but it'll, you know, if you do have a, a big television or you know or a projector, it'll it'll look uh, it'll look like a movie, and that's what we really want it to to do. Well,
0: Joel be getting the budget for an orchestra.
1: We've included a certain amount of money for uh, for a some orchestral score. Yeah, I mean Joel has a way of of making everything sound orchestral. But yeah, no, it's 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 a huge uh, deal for us to make to make sure that every I mean every every everywhere we can with the money we've been given, uh, we're trying to make these as uh, spectacular as we can. I mean that the end of the day they're they're still TV movies. These are not eighty million dollar features, and we can't even begin to compete with those. So, um, but but you know, compared to compared to the series, um, you know, compared to a double episode like Lost City, we're hoping they they look spectacular.
0: Wormhole disengaged.